Welcome to Unbroken Jars. I'm Doug. And I'm Randy. And this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories and real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, episode 26, Unexpected Timing. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man. That's Jesus. Jesus continues to use these real-life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories, their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in unbroken jars of clay. too long ago, my wife said to me, you and Randy always get people to come and share their stories. You guys should share your stories. And I've been talking with Randy for a while now about uh, when we get a gap between people, him coming in and on the podcast, and we should get uh, his story and more, more specifically how God has worked in unexpected ways to bring about God's plan in the Huntsville community for those experiencing homelessness and that connection between Randy and that. Um, so this is a part where Randy would normally tell you about how he knows the guests coming in on, on the podcast, but since he's the guest uh, and, and slash host, I thought uh, it might be weird if he talked about himself in third person and how he knew the guest. So I, mm-hmm. I'll just tell you my side. Now, Randy was my youth minister when I was growing up. Um, from my sixth grade year until my 11th grade year. And I believe Randy was used by God to help shape my thoughts and my actions around my faith. And I I would say he is instrumental in my faith development. And I know a lot of people could say that about you, Randy. And uh, Randy even did a part of Jessica in my wedding. Um, So needless to say, uh, he and Rhonda are very important to me. And over the last 15 years, Randy and I, have worked on the same staff at Mayfair, but never more closely than the last few years as we started working directly together with Grace Marriage, the 2820 ministry, and and even more recently, Grief Share. Um, if you know Randy, Randy's a worker. He, If you, if you find uh, Randy sitting down, he's usually sitting down doing work. Um, and um, so it's, it's, it's good of him to be willing to take a moment to, to come in and do this for us, and I'm glad um, that Randy's willing to share his story today. Uh, just as another piece, um, um, Randy and I both are struggling probably with the same allergies, so if y'all hear mm. clicking of, y'all hear the clicking of cough drops or the rattling of drinks, it's because there are those present, um, so please forgive those, but on the other side of the mic, I want to welcome Randy in a different capacity today. Yeah, non-alcoholic drinks. Now let's make sure. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are we're in the church recording <laughs> this, so this is all 
This is all above board here. I, well, listen, I, I, I appreciate this opportunity, Doug. I, I know you know it. This is difficult for me to like talk about myself, but because, well, really, this story is all about God and yeah. and how He's worked in my life and and in the life of so many others. When we start talking about in a, in a little bit about the ministry at twenty eight twenty, but I started thinking about this. I said it'd be nice to have something like the story of this recorded so that my grandchildren and maybe great-grandchildren can maybe one day hear a little bit about what ha- what happened during this time and uh, how God, just what an awesome God and how powerful God can work in, in just ordinary people's lives. Um, yeah. And then I don't, you know, I don't know what the future holds for the, the Living Room 2020 ministry for myself, mm-hmm. uh, for that for that matter. But I, I, this faith journey that I've been on, especially the last few years, has been one that really has energized me spiritually um, I, in a lot of different ways. And um, I'm just excited that um, you maybe share a little bit about that today. Yeah, so so connect us, and, and you may have more on that, but connect us kind of to your entry into ministry. How did I know that's not where you started. That's not where no. you came out of school, and that's not your formal education early on. So, how how'd you get into ministry? Yeah, I was going to go way back to when I was growing up. Bring it, uh, just for a second, because yeah. one, because it'll connect with what we're going to talk about later on. So, I was this chubby little kid uh, when I was, um, and we used to live on Governor's Drive. I could probably throw a rock. I wouldn't do that today, but throw a rock across the street <laughs> from twenty eight twenty and hit the house or the area where my house used to set at, our, our family house used to set at back in the day. Oh, that's wild. You I know, don't think I knew that. Yeah, my dad worked at Genesco, uh, Genesco Shoe Plant, which is now, what is it, Low Mill, which is now the Low Mill. So he would walk to work, and then eventually we drove, he got a car, we drove to work. But we lived there to like second or third grade. And so my dad, you know, we, my dad wasn't a Christian. I remember when my mom was baptized. For some reason, I remember because we went to church without my dad to the old West Huntsville. I'm talking about the old old West Huntsville Church Christ building, which is just up was off Governor's Drive there, close to the house at the time. And um, my mom was baptized uh, there by Byron Laird. Um, and and uh, but my dad was it was a good man, but he just didn't go to church with us gr- growing up. And uh, so I think the the pivotal moment for me spiritually was probably when we moved from that spot out to near the central Ryland uh, area of the county. And I, I started going to school, central school. And then my, a group from the Maysville Church of Christ came over to do a, a, a Bible study, the old yeah. Jewel Miller Bibles. Jewel study. Miller film strips. Yeah. With my mom and dad. My, my mom was restored to the church then. You know, when she had not been going to church. She started going back. We started going to church. Had people... Uh, there at Maysville, I can start naming names of people that nobody else would know but me, but um, they were Bible class teachers. We had a, a leadership training class for boys. They had us, they trained us, I think I was probably in late elementary, early junior high, and we had a training class, and they, they trained us so we could speak on Sunday night. I had to speak on Sunday night. I had a, yeah. a 15-minute sermon that I had practiced with Alvie Bridges um, at his 15 house. 15 minutes, that's a pretty good stretch for a young man. But... When I got up to do it, it, it lasted about five minutes. I, I, <laughs> I, I speak, you know, really fast anyway, and I really ran through it that day. And 
But anyway, so I had people, you know, sweet, sweet little old ladies come up to me. You're going to be a preacher someday. And, um, and they encouraged me to, you know, go into ministry. And, and I, my mom and dad were telling me, you need to find something where you can make money. Uh, yeah. to survive you know they were they were worried they were they were encouraged especially my mom was encouraged by what I was doing at church but you know they kept encouraging me to go to into something else so end up going to Calhoun yeah. here and also then then um finished up there in business with a degree in business administration but it was just a two-year degree so I was going to go to Athens and finish up I had somebody that wanted me to go with them to Freed Hardman to visit for a weekend mm-hmm so I went up there and talking to some people there, came up with this, this idea of, of um, going up there and finishing um, school at Freed Hardman. And I, was, I had a job at the time at a savings and loan here in Huntsville. It's oh, yeah. first American federal savings and loan. And I went to the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, my boss and, and talked to him about the idea of me co-oping, work a semester, go a semester to school. They never done anything like that before. I figured he was going to tell me no, but he said yes. Really? So, so went to Freed Hardman uh, for my last two years of school, and that was life changing spiritually. Uh, it didn't get me into ministry yet, but uh, when I went there, uh, first of all, I met my wife, yeah, Rhonda, um, wife of uh, forty seven, no, forty five years. I'm making forty five <laughs> years, and. Um, she was there, the daughter of a preacher, which terrified me. And then um, I went to, I had some amazing Bible classes. Uh, you know, there were just some really good people there at Free at the Time teaching Bible. Oh, yeah. And then we went to a congregation at the Estes Church out in just outside of Henderson where Eddie Miller and Rubel Shelley, I think, were preaching at the time. And I, I never experienced anything like this. My, my, you know, my congregation here, I loved it at Maysville, but it was just something different with all these college students that sure. seemed excited about oh, their faith, about their faith yeah. and the worship there was awesome. And so I took a Bible class, uh, life of Christ with Rubel Shelley, I think my first semester there. And I was blown away by that, by this study. So every elective I took, every elective I took was that I could take without not, without messing up my degree was a Bible elective. Cause I just loved yeah. the classes there. And so I went through that, got my degree, came back. Um, you got your degree in? Business administration. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I came back to work at the Savings and Loan, um, was volunteering at my home church at Maysville to work with, with young people some. And I got a call from um, Jim Ashworth, who was the preacher at Gurley Church of Christ at the time, asking me, hey, um, think you might come work with our kids? Uh, we'll pay you a little bit, you know, and I. First of all, I didn't know you could get paid to work, to work. I enjoyed working with you know teens, and so I said, "Sure." And they, what was so crazy about all that is, I went to work there, and Jim had built a house he, for he and his wife and family, and the parsonage, yeah, oh yeah, which was right, bes- the, right, right beside the church building. He said, "You can live here. You, you just bring your family." At the time, I think um, Becca had already come along. Our daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, but Jonathan was born there, or well, not born in the house, but he right. was born while we were there at, at Gurley. And so we started working with the teens there part time, and I kept my other job um, at uh, uh, First American Federal Savings and Loan, and then eventually went to Procter and Gamble 
uh, a plant here, Buckeye Cellulose, that was here at the time and in, fi- in the, the, their finance or bookkeeping accounting area and went to work there. And um, I, I, these things all run together now, but at some point, Tom Scott, who was the preaching minister at the Lincoln Church of Christ, um, contacted me coming there to work with their young people. And it was a bigger, slightly bigger church, bigger youth group, and we were fixing to, to be, move into our own house there in, Hunts, in, in Huntsville. And I said yes. So we, yeah. we went to work there part-time. Um, I know this is a lot drawn-out thing, but I guess I'm just giving all those little vignettes because it, eventually what happened was I got to the point where I one day I remember talking to Rhonda and saying, hey, you know, I've got this job at Procter & Gamble, and but I love what I'm doing with the, the kids at, right. at Lincoln and working in ministry and serving God that way. I, I said, I, at some point, I feel like I'm going to have to make a decision here because – I don't know. I don't feel like I'm. I feel like I'm stretching myself too far with trying to do both, and and I really feel like maybe he's calling me to ministry. God's calling me to ministry. So I can't remember. I think I'd been at Procter and Gamble four or five years, and two things happened. One, Terry Davis, uh-huh. who we know from here, uh, called me again. Another call uh, called me and said. Um, the Mass Lake Road Church is looking for a full-time youth and education minister. Would you be interested in talking to us, talking to the church there? And so I talked to Rhonda, and we decided to at least pursue that and pray sure. about it and talk Check to them. It out. And then, lo and behold, the, the P&G plant, they came in one day, called all the, all the employees together and said, we're sorry, but we're going to close this plant. <laughs> You need to go find a job, and you can take you can take um, you know uh, you can take a transfer somewhere. It would have been somewhere else out of the state or whatever. And um, I told Ron, I said, "This if this isn't a sign yeah. from God, I don't know what it is. You know what it is." And so we uh, told told the Mass Lake Road Church we'd like to come to work there. I finished a few, you know, I think maybe a month or two, maybe with like I can't remember how long, much longer I was there. And we started working, and then so, so I, I basically was in ministry with no Bible degree at this point, and 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 really not really sure exactly what I was supposed to do because I you know I wasn't really trained in ministry. I was just figuring out on the fly. figuring out on the fly. Oh yeah, yeah. So so that's my ministry. that's your transition. That's my transition, and and um, I can s- truly say this. I. I've been blessed over the years. God's blessed me for whatever reason. I'm not sure, um, but every every time I've moved or I moved to a church, which has been very not very frequently at all, um, every time you know I w- it was a time when I was contemplating something or a change, and um, I got a, I got somebody called me to say, "Would you?" like to come and talk to us about this and sure so i'm really humbled by that i i don't know um that's what happened when i came to westgate yeah uh in in dothan uh, the only time i've ever been away from huntsville was those eight years and and it was a blessing i mean such a blessing I, I so it walk. was maysville you it was maysville yeah. and then lincoln part-time and then it was Mason lake road where i had Which my was first full-time full-time and then Westgate in Dothan, um, a friend of mine, Ricky Phillips, yeah, told me 
I told them about me and they called me and and you know we had we had little ones I remember it's all good memories are fun and and emotional but yeah I, rem I remember um we had Jonathan and Becca and they were just real little kids you know they were like um I think maybe four or five four and five or something like that but anyway but um we packed up our car and uh, drove away from my mom and dad's house, and sure. they were they were crying. First we, time we, we leaving, the grandkids were crying. First time leave, really being away from home, other than in college, you know, and going to the other part of the world almost for us because yeah, oh you know, sure. th there's not an easy way to get to Dothan <laughs> once you once you reach Montgomery, and um, and so um, it's you know we went down there and um, but it was a Tremendous blessing. Bill Watkins was the preacher there. Yeah, um, great group of people, great group of elders. Great, you know, just a blessing. Um, uh, we had, you know, some, and there were trials even there. My dad had a. We weren't there for just a few months. My dad had a heart attack. Yeah, got called back for that. Jonathan, Jonathan our son, about I think it was January of the, the following year, was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And so we were going like, well, does, does Lord time tell us something, you know? But I think he was just growing our faith. That that really strengthened us. And the church there in Westgate rallied around us, you know, yeah. adopted the kids in as their own, adopted us as their own. And, and it was uh, really a, a tremendous blessing, you know, while we were down there. So You know, it's interesting. I remember, and you, I don't know why you would happen to remember this, but it was either my dad and I or my mom and I saw you at a gas station on Westgate Parkway. And I remember you had just been diagnosed and I remember you telling us. Yeah. And I didn't even know what diabetes was at the time. And I remember it being, a, you know, that was a big deal for a kid. Yeah, we didn't either at the time. It was kind of scary. You know, we didn't have any family down there, just the church. And, um, um, and so, it, but but it was a good time, and it was a a blessing for all of us. We grew, we you know, all Ron and I both grew up there. We learned to do some things that we'd never done by ourselves on our own. You know, we oh yeah. And so, and that was a really a really good time. I know it was probably difficult for both of our parents because they missed those grandkids being around, you know, sure. closer. But um, but anyway, but it was a, a good thing, and um, so you know, other than Westgate. I was at. I moved back to Madison to the Madison Church of Christ, um, mainly because my parents were getting older, mm -hmm. and I had our people come back here for that. Was, and then, actually, st was struggling a little bit with ministry. You know, trying to decide. Just, I was getting older. I was an older youth minister, and I was trying to say, okay, what is you know what does an older <laughs> older youth minister do at some stage in his life? And, um, and then again. God damn, one day Lee Milam calls me and said, hey, um, would you be interested in serving as a children's minister at Mayfair or talking to us about that? And I remember the next question was, what what would, what does a children's minister do? What is that exactly? <laughs> and so uh, he explained, and um, they were he was gracious uh, to let me, you know, set up a thing for me to come over and meet. And um, that was in 99, I guess, 99. So we've been... We've been here at Mayfair for, was that, 23 years now? Holy cow. Yeah. 
And so uh, really, you know, really been blessed in, in a lot of ways. So you have been, for somebody who never planned to be in ministry, you have been pulled into into full-time ministry over and over and over in different ways. It's, so this is part of the story that I didn't have necessarily planned in. You know, obviously we've kind of processed through these things beforehand a little bit, but it is interesting to see God's hand at work in, in people's life. When you start processing back through like this. Yeah, there's no explanation. I mean, that's the thing that keeps reaffirming my, one of the things, not one of the many things, but one of the things that affirms my faith over and over again is to see things happen that there's no other explana- explanation about, you know, why this, how this happened other than God's hand was on this. And, um, and I, that's what I, and I, and I, by the way, maybe I should tell for folks listening, they probably should know. I eventually went, I went back and got a Bible degree. I, went, I did go back to um, what was uh, uh, Southern Christian, but now Ambridge University, and get a mm-hmm. degree there. And a few years ago, went back to Nashville up here at Lipscomb and got a, another master's degree there. But um, I was actually doing on-the-job training most of the time, <laughs> you know, when I first began. And, and uh, but I think. I think what what I think of, and I've heard the kids say this. I think I told I told Rhonda. I said we would have been doing this even if we weren't being paid for it. Yeah. The ministry part of it, because oh, we just, yeah, know, we just yeah. love serving. And so the kids saw that. I think you know that's the thing. I think uh, our I hope our you know my son and daughter knew that they they saw what um, that we were praying and working and thinking about those kids we were working with at home as much as we were at the church. They, right. It was just a part of who we were and that we were just doing things that we felt like God would want us to do. And so I think that's the, you know, it was a beauty in what God did with us is that it not only blessed us, but I think it also formed and shaped our kids spiritually. Too. Oh, yeah. So. I, and I totally see that. Um, and, and so what I would say in almost response, I don't know if it's response to that, but directly to that, it's, it's clear that your children have a heart for people, and that's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. To me, if, if, if all people that come in contact with any church could leave having a heart for people, then we would begin to change the world for the kingdom because, because that's where it has to happen. We can come to church and be church people, but church people are almost useless if they don't do something outside of the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, over the over those years, especially you know, I'm I'm trying to get to a point here. So especially before 2020, have, can you look back along the way and say, man, I really saw God at work here? I don't know if there's certain instances or I, I just there are highlights in my ministry career that I look back and think, wow. I'm, I'm really impacted by this, and that was that was a neat thing. Um, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't I don't know where I would even start with all that because I and I don't know we'll go too far back because I know we need to get get into it. And you what, may have said part of it to be yeah, honest, yeah. how God's kind of pulled you into these things. I'm gonna, you know, I would probably start naming people and individuals, and maybe more so than even events, other than those things that happened. Maybe you know, with uh, that I mentioned earlier at when we moved to Westgate as being uh, moments and, and also getting those calls from individuals to come to serve at different churches. I do want to mention you know, now I'm in family life ministry, been in family life ministry here for like the last four or five years, and we didn't have one of those here at Mayfair either when I, no. when I was pulled in. So I kind of you know, had to learn 
and develop some of that along the way. But um, I don't I, I don't know. I, I so you know I would say that probably um, uh, faith formationally I think probably you know just the move to Westgate when we were there and 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 having to grow and and, and really. You know, during all this process of going into ministry, I had to I had to go back to school. I had you yeah. know I had, I had to go back and study and learn. And thankfully, we're blessed with some good teachers. Uh, and also, the people that I served under, all the ministers I've been with over the years. Um, Scotty Harris was at Maston Lake Road. Bill Watkins was at Jim Ashworth at Gurley. These yeah. you, these you know may not mean anything to you, but they were just all really good, godly men. I mean, yeah. like I you know. For the most part, every every place I've I've been, um, um, Bob Clarity at, at at Madison, he was a he was a really good, you know, yeah. just a person to look under. And of course, Gary Bradley here, you sure. know, when I first came, Gary was preaching, and then all the guys that. Um, but anyway, I think that, that those those ministers that I, I served with helped mentor me too, and, and mentor my family. They they took us in, and uh, we had lots of disc- you know conversations and different things about about different different things going on and, and it just helped shape and form me along the way. Um, so I, I probably would answer it with just, I can you know, I can start calling roll here right now sure. of people. Oh yeah. And, and that is honestly, I think that goes back to what we're trying to do here with this is like people's stories, people's lives are really what make a difference in other people's lives. Yeah. And that that's why we want to share these stories. So, so bring us kind of, you know, We've had classes here at Mayfair. We do ministry work. We've set up um, ministry things along the way. Um, but, you know, this, what we're going to talk about a little bit is a little bit different. But help us understand that, you know, a few years back, you were kind of a piece of the 640 class. Can you tell us a little bit about how that class came together and kind of what happened there? Because I can't, that kind of leads us to where 2820 got connected. Yeah. Okay, so I remember they they used to uh, they call me Rambling Randy, so I may I may be scattered. I'll try to say I'll try to so bring you coherent. Home. But so I was doing, you know, I was still serving at the time as children's ministry, and and those who serve in children's ministry know that it's a you know a lot of times you are um, involved with what's going on during worship, and you're involved with what's going on during class so much to the point that you aren't able to be in a Bible class per se. I think we were on a roll of one, Ron and I were, but we were always involved, and we loved it. We don't get me wrong; we were loving that, doing doing ministry and getting to know the kids and the families and everything. And so, I, but but it was it was like I, I could see the point where I was, you know, I felt like it'd be nice. I think I got involved a little bit with the life group, um, a little bit, but just needed something more, you know, spiritually right. to to, feed, to be fed, and so. Um, my my son and daughter in law were here, um, and of course the kid the grandkids came along. But uh, they were here, uh, but they weren't really connected with the Bible class either at the time. And that no one's to blame for any of that. And um, but uh, and then a couple of other couples, uh, some people came to us you know, about we'd like we thought about maybe trying to start a small group Bible class. Yeah, and I said. Okay, and um, and and because it involved my, I know he's going to hear this, but because it involved my son <laughs> and my daughter-in-law, I was thinking, you know, I would like to 
you know, that'd be great if that could happen. And so sure. um, I said, well, I, I'm the children's minister, and we got an empty spot in the children's church room on Sundays. Um, and so there was um, a guy here at the time uh, that I was very blessed to know. Matt Moore was here at the time. He was serving here on staff, and uh, he wasn't really connected. He and Kristen were really connected uh, on Sundays necessarily in a class at the time. And, and so I talked to him about, hey, would you – be want to help me because I can't probably be in, I, I probably cannot be in the class every single Sunday because of children's ministry duties and things going on. You know, could you would you be willing to come in and maybe help me co co lead this class? And he said yes. And he had and it's another, another story, but he had met Jonathan on a trip we had made to go to Atlanta on a to a basketball tournament. I think I think it happened about the same time. But anyway, so he they knew each other sort of kind of. Uh, already, and then Andrew Reader, you know, yeah. um, and, I, and, I, and I think maybe uh, Stephen and Lauren Mitchell, and maybe there was only, I remember the first Sunday in that room we met, uh, there were maybe six or seven of yeah. us, and that used yeah, to, a, it, it, we used to average that, and so, um, and and so, I, you know, I'd ask, I asked Jonathan, you know, where can we find, uh you know, could, you know, I don't want to try to pull anybody out of, out of a class they're already in, but where are the, you know, maybe some people that maybe aren't connected with, cla- connected with the class. He said, well, if you go down to Target during Bible class, you probably could find several. <laughs> and I said, well, I can't do that because I'm, you know, it would look bad for me to be down there during <laughs> class. And so I said, but let the, let the others know about this. Yeah. You know, y'all just spread, the, you know, let others, others know. And so I remember at one point, though, we were, you know, like there was one Sunday where there was only four or five of us there. And uh, we were saying maybe this is maybe this isn't going to work necessarily. It's and uh, Andrew Reader said you cannot stop this class. Yeah, you you got to keep this this the church this class. I need this class. Yeah. other folks need this class. So I said okay. So we kept kind of plugging along, and and we actually got you know ended up having to use that room for something else. Got moved around. We were we called ourselves the no name Bible class. The <laughs> Vagabond, I can't. I, I think I wrote down some vagabonds and some other things I can't repeat over the the <laughs> this. But we were just, um, we were just, you know. But we were. It was different. Okay, so okay, so the idea was not just start another class, but we don't want. We didn't want the class to be a lecture class. Right. Not that those are. Not that those are not good. Right, different strokes. Yeah, different and we wanted right. it to be open discussion uh-huh. and textual based, like just open a text up and everything. Yeah. And so um, we did, and it was amazing what happened. I think we actually studied the book of Acts first. So we went into Acts, and it was just an amazing moment. You know, I, I don't know if you can recreate that. You can't recreate that exact same thing again, but it was it was an awesome thing that God did then with that. He took Anyway, those so those people we started studying, and then next thing we knew, some, a few other folks came, and, and it was a it was always oh, a multi generational class. So it wasn't just age. You know, most classes were age at that time were age based, and so we said, okay, this is for any age because older can y- learn from the younger, younger can l- learn from the older. Eventually, we landed on which you know which really made people scratch their heads too. Six forty, right? Uh, because of Luke six forty, it says a student or disciple is not better than his teacher. But when the student has fully learned all that he had been taught, then he will become like his teacher. And that was kind of reflecting the idea that we are not, we are learning from Jesus. We're wanting to be a disciple of Jesus. And we want, that's our main goal. And we're trying to learn from each other how to walk that walk together. And so it just, 
grew, you know, and we, we, you know, and so it was, um, um, it was just a, a, a great opportunity for me to be in a class where most of the people were younger than I was at the time, um, and most of them still are. But, Which kind of fits your personality anyway. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the reality is, is children's ministry, youth ministry, all these things, you connect well with younger people. Yeah, and so that, that's, that was the genesis or birth of that class, you know, as far as, like, how did it start and what happened there. And it was good for me because it gave me a place I could go to and, and not have not necessarily have to have my children's ministry hat on. I could just come in there as a student or teacher and just, and just learn from and, and um, with open discussion, you know, you, you're maybe leading the class, but you're also learning from other people, hearing things you didn't think about, about that text that is a great, you know, great oper- a great thought or a great uh, point to make that it's one of those aha moments, you know, especially yeah. from some of the younger ones that were in that room and stuff. So it was... Um, it was such a unique... When it started, this is what I loved about it. It, was, it had such a... You know, Matt Moore had a such... of Introduced us to the idea of even missional thinking um but um but even even more it had such unique people you know john your son is such a unique person right and andrew reader was such a unique person that those personal and they and they love people and people love them and i think i think doug one thing too you could be not that you can't be that anywhere else or you, i mean you can be that we sometimes we don't we, we sometimes as church going folk we don't you could be real yeah, and and so and it's celebrated. They, they, it was yeah, celebrated. it was celebrated. Yeah. We, t- we said it was a place where broken people to come, um, and 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 if you didn't feel like you fit into a particular place, to come and be a part of that. And we, there's a there's a there's a big clay pot that we st- I still have in my office yeah. that we kind of broke up in pieces and had each of the people sign and we glued it back together to represent you know how we're broken, but but Christ mends us. Christ puts us back together. And and he sees us as something worthy, you know, something beautiful, and so that 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 was that was what was the thing I think that drew folks to it. Well, plus Matt, plus Jonathan, plus like I say, this, this is not about me. This is about how God used some use a bunch oh, of people sure. in there, and so I I think it it, it really gave um, life to uh, something that you know needed to happen, and it happened, and and maybe even impacted other other groups too along the way so. oh sure I, I definitely think so i think it was so good at collecting the people who had no place to belong and that was one of the things that i really noticed that group grew because it wasn't like hey these people from this class left and these people from it was like legitimately the target people <laughs> they 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 uh it's almost like 640 went shopping at target and <laughs> and found yeah. found the community yeah. that yeah. They became well. Tell us a little bit out of this uh, birth uh, a desire to do more than just church work. Nobody's saying that the church was bad. Coming to class was bad, but there it seems like there was a birth and a desire um, to do more uh, than just just what was happening at church. Tell us a little bit about that transition, where that came from, and this uh, community mindset started happening. Um. They okay, so we, we were we were meeting and everything, and I think you know because of Matt's influence and I think uh, John, Jonathan and others that were in that group, there was this, you know, trying to be missional, live, being living missional lives, and what does that mean exactly? We would talk about that, and Matt would you know dive into that with us, and um, I think 
the time came where we we were enjoying fellowshipping one another and you know receiving one another, but we said, you know, I feel like there's there's got to be more to this than just coming to Bible class. There's got to be more to to this this community that we're a part of in this Bible study group than just coming here and asking how are you doing today? Great, and you know we we study and um, so there was a thought about well why don't we go on a retreat and and let's let's think about it. let's pray about this maybe let's see what because we we share some ideas in the class but we never really acted on them and so we thought maybe there might be an idea to get together in a group well the bad thing one of the bad things but it was a good thing too was in the middle of um, some of this conversation maybe even before it started Matt Moore answered a call that he felt called to go plant a church uh, 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 a new church in in the Chattanooga area. So he, he left, which was, you know, I really hated to see him leave. That was a real blow. But um, so we were talking about the class talking about doing a retreat uh, in January 2017. I've got, I've got my, I've got the, that 2017 of January, uh, January 2017, I think. But anyway, um, so I reached out to Matt about there's any possibility, would you come and speak at the, yeah, because you, you're, this seed was planted when you were here in, I think you could lend some thought to and ideas to that gathering, and so we mm-hmm. went up on to Mentone. I've got the name of the camp there. It's one of the camps that youth use too. But uh, we went went to camp, uh, went to retreat up there, and I think there were maybe twenty to thirty of us there, maybe something like that. Um, and Matt came, and um, he uh, we talked about, you know, how I, 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 in fact. Sorry, Matt, but I don't remember exactly what you said. <laughs> but I, I know that what we were we were compelled to do or asked to do during that time together was break up in smaller groups and dream about what could we see God using us to do in our community. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's this idea, and you've heard me preach, you know, and I'm not the only one who's ever said this, but not just do church but be church Absolutely. what does that what does Absolutely. that mean what does that look like and it, it may look, it looks like different things different people probably but for us it was like we need to go somewhere we need to go to the people we need to go outside this building we need to go and find people that need Jesus or hurting and are, are hurting and in the name of Jesus we either teach them about Jesus or we teach them about Jesus by the way we act the things yeah. we're doing doing to help meet needs and so I had to write, I had to go, I actually have pictures of these big sheets of paper that we put on the wall that day, and each group came up with these different ideas, and I mean, I, I was looking back, there was a, somebody, so we started generating, what could we do to reach the community, what, just said, don't let anything, no, no boundaries, and nobody's going to laugh at anything you say, just come up with these ideas. One was a loads of love, free washeteria, yeah. uh, pray, a pray it forward copy, coffee shop, you know, where you would... Yeah. If you could pay for the cup of coffee, you would pay for yours and then pay for someone else. It's not nothing, nothing new. There's been done in other places, but for us, it was like we were able to s- think sure. about it. a satellite Sunday night, offsite Sunday evening worship somewhere away from the building in a place where maybe uh, there's a need for Jesus or yeah. or group to gather. A feed the need, uh, just having uh, gatherings where we would feed people in need in underserved areas of town, um, and and. And, and all this stuff, it was like we were trying to encourage to come out of our comfort zone um, and then uh, to focus on the unchurched and the de-churched. 
What I mean by that is focus on well, how can we reach people who maybe weren't going to a church um, and maybe even people who are disenchanted with church. Yeah. Um, and so that's two different kind of, maybe even two different kind of groups. It is two different groups of people. But um, so, you know, we take the church to them, off-site campus, community dinners, maybe get involved with some of the schools. And I remember the vision we put on, and I still have this written in different places now even, provide a diverse, accepting environment for making and growing disciples of Jesus, a safe place. And we said, you know, uh, a gathering place to, for people just to be, to know that they, they can come there, even if they don't believe in God, come there, but to know that we do and that they'll be accepted and we'll have a conversation about yeah. about whatever, you know. Um, and, I mean, there were things listed down. Maybe we'll have an event space or um, education classes, support groups, uh, ESL, English as a Second Language, Celebrate Recovery, job training. These were about, I mean, they got to get this. This was back in 20. 17 and we so we we came from that came back from that we were all energized you know excited i mean it was like you know you can imagine got all these great grandioso ideas up there on these pieces of paper but then it was like okay now what do we do with that stuff what do yeah. we, how do we act on that and so um i'm, I'm reaching down because i want to make sure i get these the dates right so that was 20 that was january 2017 <laughs> so get get that so in january 2017 we, we did that we we started meeting some of that same group, kept meeting occasionally, separately, with different people, even some of the ministry staff, some of the elders here. Um, and so we had this idea and, 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 and uh, people of having a mobile uh, washer dryer um, uh, unit, like a like a disaster relief trailer, basically is what it was going to be. It's like washing machines on a trailer. Washing machines on a trailer with dryers. We seen we'd seen we kind of Google. We said it's possible to have it done be done. We we kind of got some information about it. So we I remember I remember uh, you know we kind of got this and this is like four months later. Uh, the, the the group is is we we had some of us, most of them are still 640 members some a few other people we had talked to about this and they were interested and kind of tagged up with us um, we wrote up a proposal okay to present to our leaders here at the church on a Wednesday night for a mobile washer dryer unit okay now this think how outside that i mean that, to me that was that was for us for me it was like i was going i don't know what's going to happen you know here this is going to be um i don't know what's going to happen so uh so 20 i think there was probably 15 or 15 or 20 of us went into the elders meeting that night and these are all younger everybody younger than me um except for the elders but um so we went in there and we presented it and um not that same night but Within a, a day or two, I can't remember the timing. Apologize for that, but they said yes. <laughs> like, go out and see what you can find out about this. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm going. Oh my goodness! So we, so we go and we do, we we check on that, and then, um, um, that was in April. But we ran into a lot of snags along the way. We realized one, um, it's doable, but to get into areas of town where we may need to go to, it might not be physically possible to take the the unit down into that area mm-hmm. and you got brown water issue or black water issue you got the disposal water issues right. a lot of other things it was just a lot of number of things it was going to be expensive very expensive and so um 
we went back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and and we decided well maybe we need to get a brick and mortar space and maybe we do a coffee shop slash washateria you know we even went to a washateria in town so if they want to sell it in a, a at, at needs area a couple of them and they nobody was interested and so we um <clears throat> kept looking around for some you know for something and um this was in january of 2018 or somewhere thereabouts toward the end or beginning of a new year uh we went to a space uh on the parkway and it was a it was a dead end and then um Amberly Smith yeah. uh, was with me. Or she said, here's a, here's a place I found out about. And she shows me the picture, and I recognize where that's at, and I recognize that some people here at Mayfair had connections to this space. And so I said, let's go over there. And so we went over there, and we looked around, and we said, okay, this is 2020 Governor's Drive. Um, we, it was in a space at the time where there was – there was housing projects around it. There was a Latino a Latino population right across the street or down the street from where we're at. There was Campus 805 with 20 and 30-somethings, you know, more affluent or affluent people around there. Uh, there was just all kind of – I grew up there. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I looked across the yeah. street. There's, my, there's where I used to live. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe God's sending me full circle back to where I started yeah. at. And so I, 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 we met with Phil Rickman, who's a member here at Mayfair. He'd been trying to rent it. He t- I think he told me a year in the front space of it. He had, a, he had a, his business in, the, business in the back of it. It was about 6,000 square feet total, 3,000 square feet up front that he was trying to rent out. And we talked to him and told him what we were wanting to do. And, and amazingly, he said, yeah, the, I'd be interested if you guys can, you know, if you guys can, can get this together and – We'll talk about it. And so we went uh, back to the elders again for another meeting. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified this time because we bombed on that first idea, basically, (laughs) or I thought we had. Came back with this and, you know, said, okay, we, we, then here's what I said. Okay. We don't know exactly what we're going to do there. We just know that it's, there isn't a place where we could serve others. Um, And then we gave them a list of some things we wanted to do. you know, and coffee shop still in the mix a little bit, but not necessarily in the forefront at that point. But not coffee shop, but but other things, serving others in that space. And we didn't know what it was going to be. And I was thinking, this is not going to be go well. Mm-hmm. And they said yes. We, you know, they made a commitment uh, to help with with uh, the lease for a certain amount of time. I drove home that night, and I told Rhonda, my wife, I said. When I got home, I said, I don't know whether to be excited or terrified right now because I said, well, they said yes, and I'm excited about that, but now I don't know what, God, what, we, what do you want us to do there? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, and I was thinking, but then I started thinking, well, maybe this is kind of like what, what faith should be like. Like yeah. you, you walk out trusting God, and your intentions, he knows your intentions are right, are, 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 right, are good, and then... Just see what happens. Yeah, let him work. Yeah, and, yeah. And of course, we still had some things in our mind. You know, the coffee shop was still back there somewhere. Sorry about that. Uh, and and uh, we um, we weren't sure what was going to happen in there at all. And and so we started with uh, some love your neighbor events. Um, had 
we're doing a Love Your Neighbor event one, one Sunday or Saturday. A guy walks up that I'd never met before in my life and says, you know, I've been looking for a place to do ESL. Could I do it here? And I said, yes. Yeah, please. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know, I was thinking. That's on our list. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I said, God, you know, maybe God's answering our, our, you know, our prayers here with this. Well, pause one minute. Okay. Explain a Love Your Neighbor event because people listening to this may be like, Love Your Neighbor event, that's great, but what does that mean? We weren't sure either. Uh, what, we, what we thought we'd do is go to, go to spaces. And we had done this uh, down on North Parkway. We'd done it over at Bramspring Park where we just set up on a Sunday afternoon and started grilling hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had face painting, and we played Christian music, and we had prayer cards, and we just asked people, anything we could pray about? You want a free hot dog? You want a Coke? You know, cookies? Sit down here and hang out for a while. And so we just we just randomly set up these different plot parts of Huntsville. And so we said, okay, we'll do the same thing here. Since we've got this space now, let's let people know we're here. We'll do – so we did one or two of those like that there. So we just – you know, we, I think we even got a couple of inflatables, you know, for the kids, you know, at, at one point, too, maybe a couple of different times. But it's just, you know, we, we'd send out, we'd take flyers out maybe the, a few days before, and then we'd put up a banner yeah. and just say, join us. And so people just show up. I mean, you know, sometimes not, not a lot of people would show up, but we, we just felt like it, you know, it didn't really matter on the numbers. If somebody, if you know, a family came up, we were going to tell them who we were. We we're going to pray with them and uh, get their name, and you know, we'll commit that we're going to pray for this not just now but later. Yeah. And so, uh, it you know, there were some really neat people. I mean, just a bunch of our people came and served. It was, it was amazing to see how many people that that, could, that did face painting that would come and just do face painting because they like yeah. you know, some people that wanted to do, do the food would just do the food because they like serving food, and it was just. Uh, great to see, and there was old and younger doing it together. So that happened at there, and this guy just shows up, you know, to do ESL. And so at another one later, after he started teaching there, I, a guy comes up one day with his family. It's like they had like six children, Latino. He could speak perfect English, but she could not speak any. And he he came up. I don't know why he came there, but he, I think because we just had something going on. But then he 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 came there for the, I think for the food you know their food there sure, was food there sure. and stuff but he saw the flyer up there about the esl and he said are those free i said yes he says my wife would like to come what does she need to do and so she started coming with her kids i mean it's it just I'm, I'm saying so many we made ourselves available yeah and god showed up yeah. I, i'm i'm, I'm telling i mean this has happened so many times now I, I can't even remember all the stories anymore but i do remember that one and so there were you know, others that uh, uh, from the inner city, the Boys and Girls Club that wanted to use the space. Uh, you know, we, we did a, a number of different things. We did, like, free photos for families one, one Saturday. We did, like, a job training thing, resume writing thing one, one, one night. And some of those, they were, you know, they weren't huge numbers, but we were doing a few things. ESL was the thing, the thing that seemed to take off the most. Uh, and and we kind of had a core group of people and a bunch of you know, some of their kids coming. We were taking care of the kids while the they were doing uh, classes. We even had an exercise class on one night for for the ladies after the, the ESL class that uh, a couple here was teaching or a lady here was teaching, and so Caroline. And so that went on, you know, for a while. Um, still in conversations about other ideas and things we had thought about. We still needed to do and. You know, um, 
I, I, the building wasn't being used a lot. You know, I was concerned the fact that in the building, you know, we're doing it on, we're using it for a few events and, and a few nights a week, but really wish we could, you know, find a way to utilize this building more just to be good, right. stu- good stewards of what the money it was being donated, what are given. And so, um, and then, um, COVID, COVID came. Yeah. 2020, the world stopped. Yeah. We started so we started there in 2018, January 2018 or, or March, maybe March of 2018 is when we started there, and then uh, we so we've been going there about a year and a half or so when COVID hit us, um, and 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 I would say this, you know, at at some point we knew that we were going to have to become self sufficient at some point if that's the right way to say it. Or we or we felt like because. I feel like we, you know, we're going to let the building be used by different groups. If, if, if as long as they met a need, right? Any group that wanted to come use that building, if they met a need, a legitimate need in that community, um, they were welcome to use the space. So we eventually, you know, about the same. I think it was um, June of 2019. Uh, the or somewhere thereabouts. I can't remember. These dates are all run together now. But I think we became we made a nonprofit called the Living Room, and as my son, you know, my son's idea was uh, just living, uh, you know. <laughs> but it also tied in with God, you know, Jesus saying, "I came to give you life, life yeah. more abundantly, the abundant life." Inviting people to a place that felt like sitting in a living room, just hanging out, and they could uh, talk about anything. But we also would be bringing up the name of Jesus in those conversations, and so. Um, but yeah, so then in the middle of all this, so we formed the, the nonprofit, and 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 um, Mayfair still gave you know gave some support for the because they were using it. We were using it for some things over there, ESL being one of them. Uh, but we were having to raise money, funds to pay for the rest of it uh, with it through this nonprofit. But and at this time, it was like it wasn't in. It was trying to be in full use, but like you said, it was. No. It was a lot of things that that weren't going on there that you had desired to, but, and then, and then comes 2020, right? Yeah. And everything stopped. Yeah. We shut, we shut down everything that was going on there, including ESL and, um, you know, a couple of things that were meeting there. We just told them, you know, we, we can't, well, like every place else, you, we can't gather right now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you want me to jump on into this? I'll well, so so part of this is, you know, some of the people listen to this, they're like, well, but we know 2820, and we hear all the stories about what's happening, you know, with all the, the homeless community and all that's happening there. How did you go from not much kind of, I mean, we were trying to reach the community, but not not really getting the full capacity of what you wanted to 2020 with everything stopped. How did you, how did that transition take place, you know? um so, so, okay, I saw we were, it was, you know, we, I guess it was March when we shut things down around that time, you know, everything kind of came to a standstill. And so we were watching, you know, like everyone else here anyway, you know, we were uh, watching our services remote, yeah. remotely at home. And um, I think it was two or three or four weeks to that. And I, and I think we had, I had some conversation with some of the other people that, were, that would end up meeting there. But I told Ron, I said, I love you, but. I really would like to be with other people for, for <laughs> worship, you know, too. I said, I, it's just killing me. I said, maybe we can get part of the, you know, our small group or life group. Uh, some of the guys have been working with, you know, um, twenty twenty ministry and that sort of thing um, together. 
and we'll just meet over there. We'll scatter out in that room. It's 3,000 square feet in the front. We can scatter. We can put the TV on and watch uh, the services there and have communion together. Um, and so there was a group of about, I don't know, seven or eight. It's almost like the group that met up in the big room for 640. It was just a you know handful of us that went over and met, several of us that went over and met. You know, and we were meeting. I mean, we were two weeks in, three weeks in. I don't, I don't remember. I know that um, Ben Ham was probably the one who answered the door. But, the, you know, we kept the door locked in the front of the building there. And um, somebody came to the door. It was like a couple of guys, I think it was at the time, a couple of men, and said, he opened the door, and I think they said something like, you know, can we come in? It was kind of it was kind of chilly outside that day still. Um, and I don't know if it was raining or not. Anyways, you know, was, the Christian thing to do was, you know, we told them, you know, you're welcome to come in. There's some coffee we've, you know, got over here, and we're, we're actually having worship here. So you're welcome to have coffee and stay for worship if you'd like to. So they came in, sat toward the back or kind of sort of, and then they uh, stayed. And then the next thing I knew, some other people started coming, and they just kept coming. I mean... And these were people from the community there. Mainly, these were all, most of these, if not all of them, were either homeless, displaced, or they were on the verge, we found out later, some, you know, verge of being homeless. Like, sure. for example, one was in, in a house that he was about to lose it. One was living out of his uh, minivan, you yeah. know, um, and others. And so they, they started coming, and so we kind of, I told somebody we went there for a life group, you know, group meeting and, and church broke out. You know, it just it just it just started happening, you know. So we didn't know what we we're doing. I mean, as far as like we didn't, you know, we were not acquainted with the homeless displaced community that much and still are learning things along the way, but they started coming and at some point I had met a guy that was connected with Shower Up Nashville. And I want to think they maybe came one time to 2020 before 2020 COVID. But, uh, and then I met a guy who was about to start Shower Up Huntsville, Taylor Reed. Yeah. He was uh, doing showers at a place behind us about two blocks back on, on weekdays. He found out about us meeting there. And he, and he I remember, he, he, so again, here it is. He came to me. I didn't reach out to him. He came to me with, he said, would you, be willing for me to offer showers over here. Um, and, and, and this may have even started but right before COVID because we had to, he had to stop for a while because of COVID. And, but, but the idea of doing showers there when it was a, available and legally a, available to do again, uh, he wanted to do that at our building mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoons, maybe once a month. And it, it, it soon evolved into twice a month after, you know, things kind of opened up more after COVID. But when he did that, it just brought in more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were doing at that point was we'd have we have worship, and we're doing that now. Have worship, and we 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 would offer coffee and maybe some some type of light breakfast, and then worship. And then after worship, we would have uh, twice a month now, but once a month back then, showers, and we provide them some kind of meal for those that were there, and. It just brought people from, you know, and other people kept started coming to to the to the gathering too, just to see what was going on. People that were coming there to help, and and it was it's it was and is not a typical worship service. You know, it's more 
um, when people are praying for a place to li- live, when yeah. their people are pl- praying for uh, my addiction, you know, yeah. and they're sharing, they're, they're sharing that. They're not, we're not, we're not just in a generic prayer praying those things. They're asking, they're verbally saying, pray for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just eye opening in some, you know, a lot of cases heartbreaking, but just, you know, it, that's, so that's how this all started was it started with a group of about six or seven of us meeting there during COVID. And then we did allow people come in during that time. We, you know, there was no, um, we didn't, there was no spreading of COVID, you know, during, yeah. I think God, God, you know, God protected us. I, I see his hand on that too. And then other people kind of, kind of have come in and, and what we're doing now wouldn't be possible to just without the volunteers that they're serving. And there's just a bunch, you know, a bunch of those folks that are, are, are serving and doing that in a number of ways. And then that just opened up. Uh, we, you know, we now have uh, his way recovery group that meets there for ladies on, uh, they found out about us meeting there. And so his way now comes with a group of, you know, men on Sunday typically, and they share their stories a lot of times about their, addictions and trying and recovering from that it gives it it lets people who are still struggling with addiction hear those messages and hopefully inspire them in some way um and so they, they're coming and then but we have other you know other groups that come in and use the building now typically we have bible study groups that meet there we have a, the bike guy that's in the back that's yeah. providing some bikes for uh some of the homeless who need who they basically serve to get access to a bike if they do that they receive a bike free um and then a kiwanis group that special needs adults that are meeting there you know once a month um it's just it it it, once things started opening up again from covid um things are have begun to build again uh, during the during the week again too and that's that's been a blessing as well to see the the facility being used in in the middle of all this the warehouse was 3,000 square feet. We got that cleared out, and we were actually utilizing, and so we built, we had a, a trailer stall built, or not stall, a trailer door built, a garage door built where the trailer for shower could be step kept there. And so even in bitterly cold winters or really hot summers, that we can still operate those showers when we want them on. And, um, and, then, uh, and then now First Stop, who is a nonprofit here in Huntsville, is undergoing a renovation they reached out to they reached out again they reached out to me about or to us about utilizing the space and they're they're serving the homelessness place there now uh monday through friday eight to one o'clock um and it was a result of just the fact that we word of mouth and and i feel like god's hand you know just another way we can we can serve needs that are there i love that i I love in this that god just excuse me that that you the six forty group was like, hey, let's do this, and you're kind of doing these things, and you know, like you said, limited success. You met a few, built a few relationships, but it was none of it was expected timing, and none of it was directed toward building a kind of a worship. None of it. That no. was actually the no. opposite of that. You were avoiding that almost, and and God. God kind of like like here are these people right here, and what's so interesting to me, and 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 one of the questions I want to know more about a few of the people too. Obviously, if people go back and look through our podcast, 
we've had at least two people who have come kind of through the ministry of 2820, both Steve and uh, Brad, who we've had on, and we've had Taylor on for Shower Up. Um, but I, it's interesting, and one of the things that sticks out to me is so many of this homeless community or transitional homeless community, they call this my church. This is my church. And I love that because, because it wasn't intended to be a—I mean, it was just like we're watching TV— let me let me interject something real quick. Yeah. So, so you probably heard of the story too. We had several of these guys when we first started coming in. They said we tried to go into church buildings before, oh, yeah. and we were told we weren't welcome there, and yeah. that we smelled, and that we weren't dressed well enough to come in. And so, um, you know, it's an it's not a typical gathering because these are not what we consider, you know, the people that we normally are around. Um, you know, day to day basis or something like that. But I, but it was that I remember them telling us that that this is, you know, we feel like this is my church, you know, because you let you accept us here. You yeah. Know, you let us you you let us come in and let us be a part of what's going on. And we actually try to use, utilize some of those people, you know, give them opportunity. You know, but sometimes it'll, we might have somebody break out in a song, and you know, <laughs> but we let it. And it might not be done very well, but it's. Um, just the fact that they feel like this is a place I can come to and and they accept me for you know for where I'm at right now not that we accept maybe the way they're living their life and their relationship with God needs to be needs to be in a better place but but that we accept them in to you know as people as human beings that they are made in the image of God and that they um, they don't look like us or smell like us necessarily but they're still made in the image of God. Yeah. You know, I told this story in our... Um, this ministry's had a big impact on my life, too. And our kids, you know, we, we started going there that summer as well. And it was interesting because one of my friends, who is a guy who's uh, perpetually homeless, and I don't know that he'll ever kind of get out of that, but there was one Sunday that, I kept, he smelled really bad and I kept smelling it. And all of a sudden the memory of what he smelled like hit me and I just started crying and even telling it now gets me and it's, it's my dog house. And it was my friend who was a homeless guy smelt like my dog house. And it was just a horrible feeling to me to think that, we have people in our community that that aren't treated much better than a dog, but they can come into that setting and they can call that my church. And they experience God, not because of something we're doing great or that's done even all that well, right? It's, it's really a, a weird setting, but they get to experience love. So, so I want to say this, you know, let people know. We, we, I don't pretend to have all the answers to the homelessness in Huntsville, and I don't. I also know that we will always have more defeats and victories, if that's the right way to say it, spiritually with these guys. And it, it's a transient group. You know, the people that are there now may not be there even three months from now. It'll be, but we feel like we're doing God's work, and and we're also trying to continue to open doors to other people that 
maybe are not necessarily invisible. People don't like the special needs adults. 305 8th Street's used our building a number of times. And I said the Qantas group, we want to make sure that we um, keep looking for ways. But this seems to be the place where God led us, you know, especially in COVID, to remind us of that, that there's people out there that maybe are invisible to the rest of the community, but that are um, that are made in the image of God. And, and yeah. maybe we can maybe help lead a f- some of those to a better place um, in their life, but also in their spiritual walk with God, too, if, if possible. So, Well, as a part of this, and, and, and you may have an exact number, but there have been several people who have chosen Christ and put him on in baptism, um, and several people that continue to walk that path while struggling some, but there are still several that, you know, we've been able to walk alongside of as well and see them come into a place where now they're ministering to other people. There's these, what we would call success stories, but I, uh, you know, I think that's a little misleading because I think sometimes success stories are just people realizing that they're loved and they begin a process of change, which may not be complete change immediately with us. Yeah. But, um, I, um, is there, so we, we need to start wrapping this up because people, we're going to start losing people's attention here, <laughs> yeah, for sure. but, um, uh, so are, are there people that stick out? This is not my notes necessarily, but are there people that stick out to you or that have impacted your faith walk and kind of how has this impacted you personally? As, as you've gone through and experienced God kind of revealing himself in, in this unexpected timing almost, right? I mean, there, there are, um, I would say that I need to make sure I emphasize the fact that there are a lot of people that are volunteering and serving over there that are walking alongside a lot of different people, you know, more so than even I'm able to. Absolutely. I, I do. Yeah. And they're the ones that are in the trenches with this and, start calling roll on that too but yeah there's and and i you know i think about um for steve shelton who was oh absolutely steve is you know when came there was almost uh, almost uh, he was starving basically because he was had these addictions and then he was about to lose his house and he we've heard his story but before i think but he um is now serving you know he's finished the program at his way is over there working and help you know help helping me um Sunday morning services. And oh, yeah. Doing other things. Just a really um, positive influence on the folks there. You know, Cliff that was living in his van when when I he came to us was living in a, in a van in our parking lot for a while even. He is found a place. He, you know, he's was baptized, but he's actually living in housing down the street now along with Crystal. You remember Crystal? Oh, yeah. And not all these people. I'm going to say all these people are still part of the church family there, but but we didn't. We knew that they wouldn't be long term anyway, because a lot of them may move or be gone to different places and everything. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, you know David, who's up in up oh, north, yeah. north now. He seems to be in a better place, uh, and was living with family back with his family. Um, I think I heard the other day that um, I'm trying to think of somebody who's getting their spot, getting a place. Um, Anyway, Andrew, Andrew, yeah, uh, yeah is, is, is working toward, um, and he had connections with the Church of Christ in um, Boaz or Appleville, and was a former chef, 
Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to reveal too much, you guys. I don't, he probably wouldn't, he would not like me talking about it that much. But but he's he's another one that now is about to get into a, a, a place where he's got a, he's at a job and he's hopefully going to be he's got his application in for housing. See, that's the that's the kind of thing we're trying to work toward is not enable people but equip people to maybe uh, get themselves into a better place. And let me say this, okay? So. S- there's those those people are serving, but then the, the blessing is seeing the people who are serving. The, those are the people that were serving. The servers are being as blessed as as anybody. And yeah. I, you know, that's I can't start going on on a list of names, but the, the, it started with that six forty class. Yeah, uh, with Matt Moore's encouragement and the six forty class, and then you know Jonathan yeah. and Ben and Luke. Oh yeah, I, I know they wouldn't want me to say this publicly but i will say they're the, they, they, they were they've been the heart of that you know yeah. at the very beginning everybody else i'm just an old guy that's just there doing what i can do these guys are you know they're interacting with people they they they, they can communicate with them well, they, they communicate so good with anybody that walks through that door it's like they've met them always known them all their life and that makes people feel like hey they do they do accept me here you know yeah they know my name, absolutely. You know, and so I do good to remember my own name. So for those guys, <laughs> I tell those guys to lean into and other other uh, older some of the older adults here too that are helping now. You know, I, I, I like I said, I don't want to go on. I'll leave somebody out, but there's just a group of people that that um, are they're the heart of what happens there. I'm just you know I'm just a, an instrument that God's using over there in some way to help out with that. And um, so I, yeah, those are I I think. The blessing goes both ways because I've seen so many people come there and say, "Wow, uh, I've never been here before. What can I do to help?" Yeah, uh, I had a student from A and M come there last Sunday, and that's the very words he said. He said, "I just, I'm so and so. I came here today. I, I would like to help in some way. What can I do?" And I pointed him to the guy who was shower up guy and said, "See to Taylor, and and he'll get you set up to help serve." And Sunday there were people from two or three different churches serving at Shower Up plus some students from UH that I know Taylor even mentioned that I'm not sure, if, you know, well, whether they're believers or not. These are, these are, but they're just people that love serving. And that's yeah. what, that's what we're inviting there. We don't, we're just inviting people to come serve with us. And I, like I told one of the guys that came and asked to use the space one time, he said, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not Christian. And I said, I said, but if you're doing something good in this community, whether you admit it or not, I think that's God's DNA coming out of you. Yeah, I think God's spirit is coming out of you because that's you're made in God's image. And he start, he sort of laughed at me, and I said, you know, but I I, I just I just I just think that the, it, what we're hoping is that it multiplies. And if anything I've said today helps somebody with an idea that they've got of wanting to serve in the community, or you know, my my hopefully this will be an example that with God all things are possible. I mean, I just yeah. I just anyway. So how so so two final questions. One, if if people want to help specifically with twenty eight twenty in the living room and whether it be shower up or whatever, um, how do they get in contact? What is what's the information you can leave for them too? Is what what would you say to somebody that does have like a dream? What would you leave with them? Like words of encouragement or challenge, or um, I, maybe I can. I, I wrote this verse down, but it's one that I always semi quote when I'm, you know, Ephesians three twenty. I, I love that verse because it's in part of a 
a praise thing or prayer thing that uh, Paul writes. But he says, now to him, who's God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us, at, at work within us. God can do more than we can ask or imagine. So yeah. my, my, my thing there is we had, a, we had a, you know, an idea, a thought about something we might could do in the name of Jesus. And even though it didn't end up not being what we thought it was going to be, it was better than what we could ever have thought it was going to be yeah. or imagined. It just God took something, an idea, and led us, you know, into a different, a different area. And he stretched us. He stretched me quite a bit, you know, with all this. And uh, I think, you know, I tell people, you know, um, trust in God, trust, trust in that promise that's in that verse that he's going to, you know, we pray and we, if we're doing something in the name of Jesus, I, I really feel like he's going to bless that in some way and maybe in ways that we didn't even think he was going to do, do it through. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, I, 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 I feel blessed. I don't, like I said, again, a disclaimer is not about me at all. It's about God. Yeah. And I hope that people out there, you know, a lot of us, I just, I had gotten to a point in my life where I'd, I, I felt like I was maybe just doing church. Yeah. And um, I felt like I needed to do something that would stretch my faith and help me grow. And this has really done that in, in a number of ways. And I don't know what the future lies, but that's, God does. And I yeah. Tr- I'm trusting God right now with all that. So, um well, what what about if they want to get in contact? Oh yeah. Okay. So a number of ways you you know you could you could email me at randy at mayfair dot org. You know randy r a n d y at mayfair dot org. Um, there's also um, a living room website, the the living room uh, hsv dot org. There you know here here at Mayfair we have um, a 2020 ministry. That's you know offering opportunities or serving over there in, diff- in a number of different ways, and that information is in the online bulletin how to connect there and who to connect with up with, um, and so there's a couple of different contact points for that. Uh, David Thomas and Randy Harvell with that you know some of that work is going on over there. That's twenty eight twenty ministry, uh, but if they have any questions, they're welcome to reach out to me through the email, and I'll mm-hmm. be glad to talk to them about it, and uh, I'll be glad to share the story with yeah. anyone too if they'd like to hear it well i know randy was hesitant about this he's he's got wedding things he's got to do tomorrow he's in the process like many of us of losing voices and um thank you for doing this it was uh, i don't know how people felt on the other side that will listen to this but to me it meant a lot it meant a lot to hear your story a little bit but your story mixed in with what i know about 2820 and what I know about the living room, and what I know about how God is working there. Um, but I'll say to you, you, and I said this earlier, but you've always been an important part to me. I think you're an important part to these young men here, and I think God is using you in great ways, and I'm grateful for who you are and the blessing you are. And I don't say that just because we're sitting in front of mics. I I, I want you to always know that. But uh, I definitely want to wrap us up in prayer. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Okay. Well, I'll, I will pray, and then um, and we'll be we'll wrap up. God, we uh, I love to see you work. 
I love to see you work when we uh, have no expectations or maybe we have big expectations and they go a completely different direction and we know and we can't deny that it's you. And so I'm thankful that you have used Randy all of these years in different ways and and how you continue to use and um, and bring honor and light back to yourself and and shine the light back on you through his life. I pray for a special blessing over he and Rhonda and their family. And Father, we just ask that you continue to lay your hand on this ministry. Um, and uh, Father, help people to be challenged on the other side of this microphone, to be people who just step out and allow you uh, to work and allow um, and be people who join with where you are already working. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Our stories of brokenness, struggles, failures, and sin help others know that they are not alone. And that while we as a church are imperfect and broken, God has the ability to take our stories and to make them into a story that shines the light back on Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing. It's our hope that the people listening to this will find confidence in knowing that God can and will use your stories if you're willing to share it. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. We'd also love to hear from you if you have a faith story you'd love to share. You can reach out to us at unbrokenjars at gmail.com. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experience of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings. <laughs>